Triple M Rocks Sunday Arvo Footy. For Harvey Norman Home Appliances. Paul Green, welcome to Sunday Triple M NRL, mate. Hi, boys. How are we? Fantastic. I, I, what a stat this is. Of all the stats I, I could present to you, and I'm, I'm sure you're aware of it, your three home games this year, I think your blokes have scored 96 points to 14. Yes, I won't argue with that stat. That's a, that's a, that's <laughs> Thanks, a, Greeny. <laughs> yeah, mate, it was a silly question, wasn't it? Yeah, How was that Greeny. a silly question, well, Vine Gordy? The thing about some... numbers is they don't lie, so, yeah, they're yeah. hard to argue with. See, he says it's a silly question, but you'll hear him say it tomorrow night on, on Fox. Yeah. Hey, hey Greeny, um, it must have been pleasing watching, watching Broncos against the Titans. Uh, they looked a little bit flat, but the way you guys responded after that epic game last Friday, um, you know, uh, to keep a side to zero... Yeah, you're right, Goody. It was, it was a huge game last Friday against the Broncos, and, and you're always worried as a coach how the boys respond to that. But, um, you know, I think uh, the boys were pretty uh, frustrated and a bit disappointed after the Broncos game. I, you know, I felt we probably had that game won a couple of times, but just didn't didn't uh, close it out. Um, so there was a little bit of frustration out of that. And, and as you said, sometimes you, you worry about how they respond, but I thought... You know, it showed through the week that there. I think um, that game was a bit of a catalyst to um, you know get get a few things right for us, and I, I thought we showed that last night. One of the things I think you, you would find pleasing, mate, is the fact James Tamo during the week actually talked about how much that loss burned the club, and a lot of people were trying to put a shiny face on it, and came to him with some pretty soft questions about, oh, well, the effort was good and all the rest of it, and he was like, no, we wanted to win the game, and we're not happy that we did didn't win the game. Yeah, that uh, goes back to what I was saying about like when we looked at the game and how we played. You know, as I said, you know, we probably had that game won a couple of times. So the boys were pretty frustrated about not getting the result we wanted. Um, we played well in patches, um, but yeah, as I said, there, you know, it's a bit of motivation for us because uh, really it's about how good we can be. It's not just always about the result. So I think um, you know, the boys are pretty motivated to uh, to become the best team they can, and I thought we took steps towards that last night. Yeah, I thought you absolutely did too, Greeny. And you can't play the Broncos and you can't play in finals every week. And what it showed me last night is how professional you guys are as an outfit. I mean, you, you, you went out there, you, you stuck to the game plan. And when you got enough in front, uh, you didn't need, feel the need or your players didn't feel the need to try and score off every play or put in silly kicks or offload. They really stuck to the play, plan and, and jammed at home, mate. I thought the boys were super impressive last night. Yeah, thanks. That's important. Like as a team, you've got that confidence in not thinking you have to go outside of what we normally do to um, to produce that sort of performance, I suppose. And the pleasing thing was the desperation they showed towards the back end of the game. Like Dugan crossed our line there at the end, and and the boys held him up. And uh, you know, one time they stripped us down that left side, and Cootie come across and for Sierra. So, you know, there's a real desperation in, in uh, that pride in the defensive line, which is pleasing to see from a, from a coach's point of view. Matty John spoke like, or wrote a column last week in the paper about you guys and, and praised you yourselves in Brisbane and basically spoke about the fact that he actually, after watching the way you guys have approached your football this year, he, he now believes you can go back-to-back. And that we know how difficult that is. And every, this time last year, everybody was talking up South Sydney as being able to do just that as well. How have you addressed it? And how do you try and get your players to a point where they, they, think, well, they believe that they will be able to do it this year as well? Well, the first thing is we, we don't talk about going back-to-back. Um, that's, that's not... Uh, it's not sort of on our agenda. Um, we're just in the comp 
the same with everyone else trying to win it. Um, and it's how you go about that. And I think going through what we went through last year as a team, um, we've experienced that. We know what, what it takes to get that result um, over the course of a long year. Um, so for us, it's about improving as a team, um, looking at where we can be better and uh, you know, just giving ourselves a chance to come the back end of the year. So what have you done to, to, to improve your side? Because everybody, when they go from one season into the next, they always come in as the favourites and all the rest of it. And I, I get that you're not bringing it up with your players and you don't want them focusing on going back-to-back. But you yourself, when you're sitting in the office with your other coaches or you're, you're planning your preparations and how you're going to do things, what are you doing differently to try and get your side up the hill again? Because that's, that's the big effort, isn't it? To just try and get them motivated, get them hungry to do it all over again. Um, the simple answer is nothing. I'm not doing anything different. Um, like I said, it's about trying to improve as a team. Um, so, you know, we get criticised in some corners from, from our recruitment point of view, but, you know, our improvement comes within our team and, and within our players. So, you know, for us, it's about looking at, at how we can do things better and, and where we can get that improvement. And I think, you know, the, the boys have bought into that and, uh, you know, we're, we're just looking to, to become the best team we can. Could you anticipate a win like you did last night? Oh, look, you know, I was really happy to see that. But, no, you don't anticipate that sort of scoreline in any game. It's a really tough competition. And I said in the press conference last night, you know, it's the second time we've held a team to nil um, this year, which is a really pleasing thing from my point of view. It's, it's really tough to do in this competition. Um, but, yeah, no, you don't, you, you don't go into any game uh, expecting that sort of scoreline. What about the, uh, I'm not sure how many games you've seen over the weekend, but clearly the game before you, there were a few issues with the, uh, the tries being awarded in the bunker. Have you got faith that the bunker is the, is the solution? No. What do you think we should do? <laughs> well, well uh, look, I, I had uh, long discussions with Tony Archer through the week after the Broncos game. I didn't say anything post-match because it would have looked like sour grapes. Um, but I, I still don't think there's um, there's consistency with decisions. I think they get some big things wrong. I don't even know why they call it a bunker. I want to know who they're at war with to start with. Um, <laughs> is it us, the coaches? <laughs> or I was about to say coaches. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, I, I, had a, I had a few issues with how they got to some decisions last week in particular in that Broncos game. Um, and, and, look, you know, Look, I think they're trying. I think it's, they've taken steps in the right direction. But, look, you know, consistency is the key. You know, the obstruction rule, we could talk all day about that. I'm still confused about it. So I don't know how the fans are feeling about it. Um, but, yeah, look, you know, you just want consistency and you want accountability. I think that's what the main thing coaches want to see. Like, you know, you just need to understand how they're officiating and how they're getting to the decisions because then that... that Helps you and how you coach your team. So, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I, you know, I'm a bit um, frustrated by it, I suppose, and, and I think probably a few other guys are feeling the same way. So, when you ring Tony Archer, what explanations does he give you? Do, do you leave, do you hang up satisfied with what you've heard, or do you think it's just basically propaganda and PR work, and that you're not really being heard? Oh, look, you know, Tony's doing his best. He he, um, he does get back to you um, eventually uh, but 
I'm tempted to call him the Minister for Justification. So, and that's that's how you <laughs> you tend to yeah. feel after talking to him. You know, like, I, I don't know how. Sometimes I'm seeing the same footage as they are, and I just I, I can't see how they can come to the same decisions. You know, unless I'm understanding the rules a different way. I, I'm, you know, sometimes I'm I leave the conversations a little bit more confused than when I started with. So mm. that's what I suppose makes people feel frustrated. You know, if we're so all green. on the same page, then you can go forward. So, so that pass I think when Felt scored in the 83rd minute, that was a try. So what did they say about that? Well, he said the f- Kyle Felt knocked the ball on. He said he didn't have sufficient evidence. Oh, uh, was that when Thurston? Ruling. Yeah, okay. I went Thurston. But like, what about when uh, you could have went for no, the field goal and you came out to the right? But, Gordy, they ruled he knocked the ball on. And well, when you look at the footage, uh, it's physically impossible for the ball to go forward off Kyle Felt's hand in that situation. Mm. So, And then you go back to the play the ball, right? On that play in particular, the Broncos had three markers. They were standing right behind each other, three markers at the ruck. Two markers went out and pressured Jonathan Thurston when he took the field goal shot. And then Anthony Milford then chased from third marker. And, and they didn't pick that up. And then they then they real Kyle Felt knocks on. So that's mm. that's where the frustration comes off. They're, they're just playing things. And you, you look at the Roosters game, the offside. You look at the South game, Matt Parcell offside. They they ruled it was a um, South dropout. You know, they're they're big calls in games. Mm. Now, how teams start possession is is a big swing in momentum. At the, and at the moment, with the reduced interchange, momentum's a massive thing. So. Mm. You know, when you, everyone can see it, bar them, you're kind of, you're left a little bit frustrated and, and um, you know, you're just questioning what's going on, I suppose. It is a frustration when you see the uh, the referees and the bunker rewrite the laws of physics. I, I see that quite a lot where a player will be adjudicated to have knocked the ball on when he's, not fa- he's facing his own try line, drops the ball, and you think, well, the only way from where he's holding the ball for it to actually travel forward is for it to actually physically pass through his body <laughs> otherwise it has to go backwards yet they call knock on and you just think I, I don't know what these guys watch sometimes well that, that's exactly like I'm looking at the same footage and, and they say Kyle felt knocked on and I'm saying it's physically impossible for him to knock the ball forward from from where he was mm. um, so that, that's what kind of frustrates you a little bit because they're seeing the same footage and look I know they're doing their best and they're, they're trying to um, get a better outcome for everyone but you know, sometimes you just left scratching your head a little bit so that's probably how I'm feeling I'm sure everyone else is feeling a little bit the same Greeny just uh, one before you go mate obviously there's uh, a couple of downsides when you win a premiership one is you can't keep all your players and you've got a, a really good one mate that you guys seem to be letting go Lachlan Cootie's been amazing for you guys the last couple of seasons and having a cracky year this year going to be sad to see him go well, look, we're not letting him go um, to start with. Uh, the manager's doing his best to try and get as much money as he can, but the, the bottom line is, you know, you can only fit uh, everyone in the salary cap. Um, the thing that everyone needs to remember is that um, when a team wins a comp, they spend exactly the same amount of money that as the team that ran last in the comp. So, you know, how they uh, all of a sudden think because they win a premiership, everyone's worth more money, uh, that's where it... Uh, yeah. becomes a little bit uh, hard to manage, I suppose. But, um, look, the bottom line is, you know, out of our 17 that won the grand final, there were two guys in that 17, without going into details, that were on uh, second-tier money. So, you know, all of those guys, obviously, if you yeah. want to keep those guys, they need to get upgraded. And, you know, it's just a juggling act. And, 
you know, hopefully we can keep Cootie. We don't want to let we don't want to let anyone go. But the reality is, you know, we've got a salary cap and got to work to that. So, um, you know, we've got to make some decisions around that. So we'll see how it pans out, and you know, hopefully we can we can keep everyone. But there, as I said, the reality is, you know, you can't. All right, Greeny, good on you, mate. Thanks for your time so much on Sunday NRL, mate. Enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers, boys. Thanks.